really interesting about me being a speaker at Thrive is Photography Farm was the very first thing which started it all off for me. And that's the absolute truth. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for Wengraves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. This is another special episode brought to you by Photography Farm in anticipation of Thrive 2022 happening this March. Thrive is an all-star wedding photography workshop taught this year by six phenomenal mentors. And we've teamed up with Farm to bring you six episodes so that you can get to know them a little bit better. In this episode, we'll be getting to know the bubbly personality of background screamer Rebecca Carpenter, who made an entrance onto the wedding scene back in 2017 uh, because our first wedding went straight to uh, your London wedding. Yeah. We'll get to know Rebecca's backstory, of course, and so much more. But before we do, Greg, what are we drinking? Well, it's not coffee today. Da, da, da. It's the butter beer from last episode. <laughs> it's you, the... hand, you gave me this gift. Ooh. Yes. Oh. And, and we are joined by Rebecca. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Hey! Thanks so much for having me. Oh, butterbeer! Oh, cheers! Have, have, is have, a butterbeer like a Harry Potter butterbeer? It is a Harry Potter butterbeer. So, <gasps> so in the oh, I love those. In the in the last episode um, of Perspective, we were talking to Neil Thomas Douglas again, one of the Thrive mentors. Oh, and brilliant. I was telling Greg love that him. I had just come back from London, um, having taken the the family because uh, I've got three kids to the Harry Potter studio oh. tour, and I brought back. Greg, a gift of butterbeer. Yeah. Now, are you are you a Harry Potter fan yourself? I am. I did the tour like you, and I I love the butterbeer. People were like, "Oh, it's really sickly," but I loved it. Yes, I think think it's really tasty. Yes, I I did too. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is um, controversially. I've never read the books. (laughs) (laughs) What? I think I only. I know. I've just seen the movies. I know. No, it's fine. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so cheers. if you, so yes, cheers. Mm. Cheers. 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 Cheers, Rebecca. Yes. Oh, so what do you think, Greg? Not a big fan. <laughs> this, this is enough for me. <laughs> read, read, read the back because it's an interesting flavor. Well, yeah, it's a uh, butter beer. It's got a trademark. Butterscotch flavor, sparkling soft drink. Yeah, with all the sugar as well. It's great. Yeah. So, um, Rebecca, you may, uh, since you've done the studio tour, you will probably remember that the drink kind of came in like two halves, right? So it came with the, the liquidy drink, but it also had this layer mm. of um, sh- a short bre- it's like shortbread, mallowy throff. Yes, like you said. Um, th- th- wait, throff? Froth? Froth. Froth. Why can't I say that? Well, we're weird to get confused on. Uh, anyway, anyway, sorry. Um, this is only the bottom part. Um, and <laughs> I do wish I had the top part because it's really fun when you drink it with with a mustache. You get it all in your mustache. The kids find it hilarious. Yeah. They were totally, totally in love with me just... <laughs> 
<laughs> necking it. The froth, the uh, froth makes it. I think. I think the froth is the best part. Yes, I I agree. I agree. Um, but it's quite a Scottish drink. I mean, well. I mean, and I actually thought it was shortbread, but I thought it was a shortbread flavoured drink with a butterscotch <laughs> top. It also but looks like a cross between uh, Iron oh. Brew and Lager. It does. <laughs> the colour. <laughs> mm. um, uh, but yes, sorry. I love how you're still drinking it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you don't get much. I mean, you don't, it'll be gone quickly. And then, obviously, we, we do have some coffee mm. at the side because, uh, like I said, before we started recording, we are coffee fiends. And we enjoy a good coffee. Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Again, thank you for for joining us. Um, obviously, you've got. Uh, Thanks was, for having me. Was that was that a Coke Zero? That's another another podcast. It is. With a, I am a massive. Oh, I'm addicted. I've got a real. It, I've got a real problem. Yes, like, I, I'm with you. So far, that's two for two. Two each for two. Thrives, <laughs> each thrive speaker is Neil, drinking Coke Zero. That's right. I that's think right. we need a sponsor here. Really. <laughs> <laughs> a coke sponsor uh-huh. yeah yeah um yeah so um what have you been up to recently recently yeah so january and february were like my downtime month so my first wedding isn't till march so i oh. said to my husband i'm gonna have some downtime i'm gonna relax i lied i completely lied um i've been kind of getting back on the YouTube bandwagon. I, I think that's my goal for this year is to do more YouTube videos. So I've been filming about three, four episodes this month mm-hmm. and then doing an Instagram course. So basically loads of filming is what I've been up to. Yeah. And just trying to get my kind of my workflow just really perfected for this year and just try to automate things with my kind of assistant so everything is just like smooth sailing for this year because last year was just can i swear on this what's yeah the deal? yeah you can like, swear can we swear yeah oh yeah okay because last year was like a total shit show so yeah. i don't want that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um uh, i hope that when you go to record further uh, youtube content that your camera actually works um because we both had yes. camera issues this morning uh, i don't know what it was <laughs> just i don't know one of those days. Who knows? Yeah, that doesn't really sound like downtime, though. That sounds like a busy January. <laughs> and no. did, did I see, were you, yeah, out doing a, were you doing a couple really? shoot in London just this weekend with a marathon going I on or something? Was, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is like the story of my life. Like, <laughs> something always happens on a location shoot. I think that's like the, I think that's the joy of them. I love the kind of spontaneity and just the randomness of what happens on location. Um, so, yeah, doing some filming for YouTube, doing a elopement shoot. And then we were like, why are there loads of people dressed as penguins? Like, like a whole collective of people. And then music started playing. And I was like, oh my God, it's a flash mob what is happening and it turned out it was the london half marathon and then within minutes there were people running everywhere and like music blaring so all the audio like probably can't use because oh, every yeah. major artist was on that playlist so mm. so i probably do voiceover but you know what it was so much fun and i was in such a high even though i was like you know what doesn't matter about the audio like screw it this is really fun and <laughs> you got to like sit in the street and the fact that that was happening security weren't so fussed about us walking around like royal exchange mm-hmm. um so really really good fun yeah it's been it's been a real mixed bag 
of filming. So the other shoot the other day, it chucked a down of rain. And it's realistic because that's what it's really like with weddings. Yeah. Yep. I think everybody sees Instagram and they're like, oh my God, that looks amazing. It's perfect. When we know reality, don't we? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that was, that was hard work doing that or that rained or so it's been good to kind of show that to people, the reality of what goes on behind the shoot. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's actually really important to show the real side of it mm-hmm. because then I, I would hope that yeah. your, your, your couples would then be more inclined to be like getting prepared for it, you know? And then when you do it, yeah, it's like full, full hog, all your energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. but so, and that's, and that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what was it, what was it like to shoot with a marathon going on? Was it just, uh, could, I mean, could you have any control of anything or it was, was it just, it was absolutely bonkers as in you couldn't even really cross the road. So yeah. this kind of the shot we envisioned with like the pillars and stuff. I, we were like, okay, run now. No, don't run out. And, and it was literally just waiting for kind of gaps. And they're not really that many gaps in a marathon. Yeah. And I'm just, maybe I'm just really naive and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, we were trying to dodge that. And then there was a gap. I was like, run. And I was just shouting at them across like Peter Andre's mysterious girl. Like, <laughs> stay really still. I'm going to shoot from here. And I just embraced it. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a reel of this as well while I'm at it. And it was so parts of it were chaotic and there were runners and penguins everywhere. And then parts of it were empty so they could sit in the sit in the road when can you sit on the road in london, central london so yeah. it did work to our advantage some really cool shots and um where the actual kind of bank what we shot was like dead because everybody was focused on the marathon so the shoot turned out to be not at all what i expected but in a really magical way and yeah. i think it it does teach you as a photographer to just go with it and not keep focusing on like the perfectionism and it being perfect and like Instagram worthy because that's not <laughs> realistic. That's not real. So yeah. um, really, really good fun. Do you, do you find with TikTok and um, stories now becoming more of a bigger aspect of um, social media that people are more inclined to accept the the realness of life on social media? Mm, definitely. I think, and that was a, mass, I think there's a massive shift in that. I think yeah. during um, COVID, I think because nobody was shooting, nobody was working. Everybody was just at home sitting around. I think just showing all of that side and the reality, I think just really kind of changed things massively. Cause I think before everybody was like, Oh, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be amazing. But I think, Nowadays, you see a lot more of people behind the scenes because yeah. that's just life. And I think it's a massive, I think, I think it's really important to show that um, as a business owner, as a photographer, mm-hmm. that it's not always what it appears. Um, yeah. And I've always been really, really true to that. And in kind of COVID, when we were at home, I was kind of sharing lots of that. I was desperate to get content. So I was shooting anything and everything, which might be like, quite cringe I look back now but at the time there's nothing else to do yeah um and then my kind of my following did grow from that because I think I just showed people like hey like this is what you could do this is what I've been up to um and I've massive like noticed a massive change from that and I think when you see reels and tiktoks of what people did to get that shot or what it's really like there's that relatability which I think 
is really important. And I think it's also something that people really like to see nowadays because, yeah. you know, with social media and kind of mental health, I think everybody spirals of comparisonitis. But when people kind of show a glimmer of that relatability, people are like, oh, so they are the same as me. It is really like that for them as well. And yeah, yeah I, think I've, I think it's a massive change, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of like the sort of lockdown period and COVID and stuff, how did you expand your business and use that time? And have you continued that stuff now that we're sort of getting back to shooting properly again? Yeah, it was a massive, massive shift for me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I got no government funding, like nada. I didn't get a single penny. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh. So I decided to branch out into digital products. So mm-hmm. I started selling my presets, which I was against for years. I was like, no, I'm never going to sell my preset. Like, I don't want-. And then I was broke, so I had to. Yeah. Um, and that's the absolute truth. Um, and... That was the best thing I did because I was getting no money. You couldn't shoot. You couldn't go out. Mm -hmm. So I did presets and then started offering business mentoring to kind of small businesses and photographers. So I quickly learned that the digital market was the way forward Uh during that. And education, I kind of ramped up even more. Mm -hmm. And then since then, I've just carried on with that and done more digital things, um, more mentoring and just kind of learn that it is really important to have that side of your business because we all learn I never thought in a million years it'd be a case if we'd be stuck at home you couldn't actually shoot but when that really really happened yeah. it was a bit of a wake-up call to kind of diversify mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so diversifying was what I learned massively mm-hmm. um during that time and I love it it's it's it's, it's amazing and very often now, I think people have learned, oh, you don't really need, you can just do that via Zoom. Like, you don't have to meet that couple for a coffee. Yeah. You can just chat with them via Zoom. And Yes, yeah. And I, I learned a lot <laughs> <laughs> during all of that. And even though I think at the time, it, it was like, a, I think everybody dealt with it differently. But for me, it was, I don't know about you guys, but it was a bit like a grieving process, wasn't it? I think everybody was in different stages of grief, as in yep. where they were at with the business and weddings. You can shoot weddings. For me, I kind of got out of that funk pretty early because I was like, look, I just need to be creative, whether it's doing self-portraits, shooting me and my husband in our wedding outfits in the garden, like desperate times, yes. But... <laughs> I, I kind of learned that you have to, to keep creating and have yeah. fun and also give people hope because it wasn't going to be forever. And when it did end, you had to also kind of think, where's your business going to be when this does end? And I didn't want it to be a case of me just being like, oh, I've not done anything for the last year or a couple of months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of kept that momentum going. And that, that kept me in a good kind of upbeat state. Um, and it was just really fun. And I look back at some of my like, lockdown content and i'm just like oh bless me (laughs) yeah two years ago (laughs) did you you learn anything from teaching others um obviously we'll get on to your talk um for thrive which is um perfecting your portfolio um was it through teaching others that you saw where they struggled and is this why you've come up with this talk? Yeah, exactly that, spot on. As in, when I started kind of opening up 
kind of free talks. I did a lot of stuff for free actually with photography farmers and mm-hmm. me and Lisa were like, let's do something for free. Let's give people some like a boost of, you know, ideas to keep them going. And, and then I started getting messages of the same sort of questions and the same sort of problems. And, and then I was like, Oh, okay. There's kind of a gap for this in the market and maybe I could help that. And, and I, I, I think, you get kind of like clues don't you when people start asking you the same sort of questions and that's what I noticed that people were asking the same things about how to grow their business how to get their first wedding how to actually start a portfolio kind of what equipment they should use um Mm. and then the more I started getting those questions the more I was like okay I need to put something out for people for this um so, yeah, and that's kind of continued. And it does tend to be the same sort of questions and the same sort of problems with kind of wedding businesses and photographers. And I learn a lot of hard lessons. I made a lot of mistakes and I've learned from them. And I will try virtually any form of marketing at least once to see if it works or if it works for me and how other people can use it and adapt to it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I learned, I learned tons, like so much as in, even though I think it was a really, well, we all would, are like emotionally scarred from that time. <laughs> yeah. um, I also think it was the best thing to happen uh, for business owners. So if you're a business owner and you're still standing now, like hats off to you because you survived it and you got out of it and it will make you stronger forward, yes. definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Unless you're a business owner who didn't survive in which case, this was a terrible time yes. for you. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, um, but you're right. It's, it's, and that, and that's the thing. And it, that, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It it's is, like For some yeah. people, it was. I know I know lots of small business owners who didn't survive it. And it was just, it's just not, it's not fair. Yeah. Because it was out of their control. Completely out of our control. Mm. Yeah. But what was the, what's, what's that old saying? Um, what doesn't um, kill you makes you stronger, I suppose now on the back end for mm. those of you who have got your businesses back up and running to, to a good level yeah you we've all, we've all learned some pretty uh, pretty interesting lessons um mm. but yeah yeah and i think it's also tricky because we're still i think we're going to still be recovering for this for oh, years yeah in, oh we're, i don't know about you guys with where you're at with weddings we, i'm still playing catch up for for how how long and that's yeah. and that's it's not completely recovered yet and it won't for mm-hmm. years because we are just dealing with the backlog still. Um, yeah. But hey. <laughs> yeah, no. the, the, the interesting we'll thing <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing with uh, a lot of suppliers is people who catch COVID and then, you know, they've got mm. however much time to very quickly sort a second shooters and, you know, other, other yeah. suppliers to, to fill in. And when we're all so busy, that is a struggle. Yeah. The last thing you need. Yeah. It's tough. Tough times. Yeah. So when you go back to shooting weddings, um, so you haven't shot any this year yet. When's your your next one? Not yet. Uh, March, the middle of March. Middle of March. Okay. Are you going to be taking your, uh, your wee second, your second shooter who you pay in biscuits, I've heard? <laughs> I'm referring oh, to your daughter. Baby. Yes, so she's 
<laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> she is. She'll be coming as well. Yeah. So <laughs> we're kind of tying it into like a holiday. So yeah. I've got my first wedding is in Tenerife. So okay. we we're like, let's start off small. And then obviously, have you flown with your kids? Yeah, I haven't. This is the first flight. Uh, I've not yet. Her, and I'm part terrified i'm mm. part terrified part like so i was like let's start small like four and a half hours in a plane like that's that's doable yeah. i can do that yes I hope you can do that so how, how old is she'll, she she'll be coming along she is 13 months no yeah 13 months mm. yeah that's exciting though older your little ones you've got, you got the newest three star yep mine is turning six months this weekend I think. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh! Congratulations! Yeah, so now it's like the weaning and it's the food. Oh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> messy times. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. Six months. Oh my mm. gosh! And mine are that um, stage, so nine, well. about you? nine, nine, seven, and five. So, um, two, wow. two, two boys and a girl. Not that that really matters, but Perfect. I'll see it anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> how, how are you finding? being a photographer and being a mum how's how's mm. that going together oh it's a constant juggling act like and that's the absolute truth when I think so many people are like you're nailing it you're a boss bitch like it's like <laughs> there'll be a day I'll be like yeah I've nailed it and then she'll fall over and bang her head when I've turned my back and then I'm like oh my god mum girl or I will yeah it's it's a constant it's a constant juggling act. And mm. I heard someone the other day say, you know, there's no such thing as work-life balance with children. I think it's a work-life child integration. I think that's like <laughs> the best way to describe it. You just have to like figure out and, and no two weeks, no weeks are the same. I don't know about you guys, but I'll be like shooting one day or take her out with me or I, it really varies. I love it. And I, honest, I, I generally love motherhood so much. It's the best thing mm. that's ever happened to me. And I'll be honest, last year um, when she was newborn and I was like breastfeeding still and then shooting a wedding on like four hours sleep, I found like the work side of things more stressful because people were like emailing and messaging and DMing and with, with my baby Winnie, like it was, I knew kind of what I needed to do and I found the work overwhelming like the, my business side way way more overwhelming because it's just so many things and yeah yeah it was as if I did that last year as if I had a child in the year of postponements like honestly I have flashbacks to me like sitting in a car park crying because I was so tired <laughs> like, yeah good times good times but yeah, yeah. I absolutely love it and it's it's incredible and I do feel very very blessed because I get to kind of work and then I get the days I do have with her and I kind of I try and set boundaries so when the days I do have her or when I'm with her I'm not working mm. I'm not on my phone I'm not on my laptop yeah. and that's so I kind of set as a kind of rule when I'm with her and yeah, yeah and it's it's a constant learning curve because then suddenly they start crawling. Suddenly they start standing up, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, we've got to baby-proof this, or oh, I can't leave you." Um, <laughs> or they start eating or putting things in their mouth, which, yeah, it's just well, you know, like it's each sort of stage is like a level up, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's, yeah it's, 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 it's when it's when you get to the um, 
a cutting up of everything. I don't think I've cut up as much fruit in my yes. whole life as I have done right? since having kids. Like it's like every grape, every oh, grape gets cut in half because yeah. grapes oh, are gosh. a terrible choking hazard. Um, I have yeah. never given her a grape for that reason because yeah. it just gives me the fear. Like, yeah. so I'm just like, right, no grapes. Have you, have, have, you, have you had an experience of your child choking yet? Yes. It's yeah. terrifying. It's really isn't it? scary. Isn't I it? Hated your heart that just stops yeah. and you just oh gosh. Yeah. And I distinctly remember when she didn't obviously I was there, but suddenly they just go silent, don't they? And then you just mm. like, right, go back into your like baby first training and you just oh yeah, having to thumping your child. Oh, it's horrible, horrible. Anyway, so yeah, I, I, there's yeah. a lot of uh, cutting of the grapes, <laughs> but I do it with that memory lodged firmly in my mind. I will cut every single grape if I need to cut it two times. Mm. So there's four quarters of a grape. I will bloody do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move. Uh, let's move away from cutting fruit and <laughs> kids, because people without kids will just be like, "What on earth am I listening to?" Uh, which is fine. <laughs> um, let's give our listeners a friendly reminder to buy your tickets for Thrive. If you don't know what Thrive is, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but I'm glad you're here. But you should definitely do Thrive because it's amazing. Uh, and you will see um, all of us who are on this podcast. Um, well, you won't see us in Brighton, but you will see us in Glasgow. So that's very fun. Um, so, yes. What was my tagline that I came up with last? So <laughs> we end the podcast by me saying, enjoy your life. Uh, and that's got a backstory. Yeah. But we changed it for this one. And I've forgotten. Well, what you're meant to say just now is don't just don't just survive, thrive. There you go. Thrive, <laughs> which is so nice. corny, but um, I love that. Neil Thomas Douglas assured it's me. True, he yeah. assured me that, that Lisa would like it. So Lisa, that one's for you. Um, and she if you, will love it. She'll absolutely <laughs> love it. And if you like what you hear, there is more. We are on episode something big now. Uh, so go back and listen to all our podcasts. They are <laughs> super good. We talk to some amazing uh, creatives in the wedding industry. Uh, but if you want to support the podcast, you absolutely can do that as well. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate because we're Cinemate. And you can sign up for as little as a pound to support the podcast. Um, but you don't have to do that. However, let's move on. <laughs> I have already introduced you very briefly, but I always like to ask the kind of CV question. Rebecca, who are you and what do you do? Hi, I am Rebecca and I am a destination and elopement wedding photographer based in Kent, but I shoot all over the world. I am a mama, wifey to John. I am a fun-loving, extrovert, outgoing, carb-loving, coke-drinking kind of person. That's me. Hey. (laughs) Love it. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) You put me on the spot then. You really put me on the spot. I'm like, my elevator pitch is probably not a good one, but we'll go with it. Every every (laughs) podcast guest, or uh, the majority, I would say, um, hate that question. 
And I get it. I think that was a good answer, though. But it was a very good answer. Quite a very full good answer. answer as well. Yeah. yeah. It's always interesting to Thanks. see how people answer it. Some people <laughs> go really deep. Uh, maybe a little bit too deep. But uh, hell. Uh, so in Simon's intro, he said <laughs> that you got started around in wedding photography around 2017. So yeah. tell, us, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. How, how did you get into it? So um, what's really interesting about me being a speaker at Thrive is Photography Farm was the very first thing which started it all off for me. And that's the absolute truth. Um, so I attended a farm workshop and it was a portfolio building day. I shot the shit out of it. I shot everything. I even snuck into another group to shoot more stuff because I had no <laughs> website, no portfolio, nothing. And Lisa must be like, who is this chick and what is she doing? Um, and I was like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to kind of slink into that group and shoot it as well. Um, why not? And I attended and I built my entire website and portfolio from that day at Farm. And so Farm really did change everything for me. And I've always been incredibly grateful to Lisa because um, she is also a mentor of mine as well. So whenever I ask like for advice, business-wise, Lisa will give it to me straight. She'll be super honest. And mm-hmm. so I had that portfolio day, and then I was I was working at Hamleys as a uh, trainer for kind of sales and customer service and people who worked on the tills. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, anybody who worked in Hamleys, I was training them. And then my manager was like, "Oh, my friends are getting married. They have no money." Like do you want to shoot it? Like, I know you're looking, I know you're pretty serious about this photography thing. And I was like, yes, I'll do it for experience. Like I'll do anything. And I was so eager to do it. I shot it for a hundred pounds. I borrowed a second camera from somebody else who worked to Hamleys and I shot it. Like I bear in mind, I'm not second shot for anybody. I just went in and I did it and I loved it. And it is yeah honestly like everyone's like so you never second shot and i'm like no i probably should have but <laughs> that's just the way i roll i'm free ballsy i was like screw it let's do it and I, I think i think once you've had it your own wedding i think when you've been married or go to lots of weddings you kind of know the day you kind of know mm-hmm. the points i think i've been to so many weddings of friends i had my own wedding i kind of knew what sort of moments to anticipate to shoot yeah um so shot it loved it it was like I'd always been doing it it felt so natural to me and then one of the pictures stood out to to another account on Instagram and then cut a long story short it made the cover of a wedding magazine and the wedding was featured for my first wedding and that's when I sit back and actually think about it that is like bonkers like that is that is so cool insane And I look at it now and I think it's not perfect, but I look back and think, you know what? Good old me, 2017, just hustling yeah. by yeah. and I did it and I loved it. And it just, it got me started. And from then it was just saying yes to everything. And I said yes to everything, okay. which I tell people in the, yeah, in the beginning, like you just, you do, don't you? I think you just want the experience you want the practice to kind of figure out your niche and mm-hmm. I discovered quickly that I wasn't good at photographing animals I wasn't good at headshots I wasn't good at photographing food I wasn't good at photo yeah like, you just learn these things really you really did try and, everything <laughs> yeah yeah I really I really did you can't like you can't blame a girl for kind of I really did and I quickly discovered that photographing humans 
was my jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's just practicing because with weddings, we, you know, like you'll never have a scenario with so much different types of light, like indoor, outdoor, night, like horrible fluorescent lighting. And I think I just wanted to keep practicing and mm. keep practicing and just kind of really, really like harness my craft and just really, really get confident with it. And it kind of kicked off from there and started doing style shoots and portfolio builders and quickly learn lots of things along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying yes to everything. Like how much Mm. yes were you saying? Like how many bookings were those early days? Um, I went full time under a year. Okay. Wedding photography. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, which is it's pretty quick. Um, so I think, oh, I don't know, like 30, 40 weddings. Okay. And then I did a wedding fair and I completely booked out. Um, it's different now. It's completely different. But then last year, I think thrown a spanner in the works. But yeah. It was a lot, as in, let's just say I didn't have much downtime. Even if it wasn't a wedding, I'd be doing like a little shoot for a band mm-hmm. or a little shoot for a fashion blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always just networking and just really just practicing and, yeah, just very little downtime. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so now, really. now um, that we're post-COVID, what how many bookings do you tend to aim for now? And is, and has that changed? Like maybe a few years ago you had maybe an, like a lot of people have an aim of how many bookings they'd want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and funnily enough, as, as a newcomer, you want to hit that high number, but as you get more, mm-hmm. um, more into the industry, you, yeah. you want to whittle that down so that you're, I'm assuming yes. charging more and doing less. Um, uh, yeah exactly. how how has that changed now massively i think as soon as i learned that more is not more and that mm. burnout is very real um yeah. and the kind of saying charge more shoot less you have to really really live by that and i think especially with kind of marketing and photographers like this i don't you might see this trend and people are like i'm 50 percent booked for 2023 I've only got this many spaces left. And I'm just like, guys, stop it. Like, that drives me absolutely mad. Controversial. And I know why people do it. People think it's a sales tactic. But I just, I'm just like, no, stop it. Like, (laughs) honestly, I just, oh, and I have, I have learned this as in, so now, nowadays, so this year, it's about, 26 I think there's lots of elopements in there and elopements aren't as intense as as weddings and I'm happy with that I've still got space for a few more even though I was like I only want to do 20 15 to 20 but then next year it will be because I've gone up another pricing um band recently it will probably be 20 next year and then eventually but then I, I do love shooting and yeah I I'm but I have learned to say no and that takes a lot of kind of strong will to be like no mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that yeah. have that weekend off and and for me I'm really kind of getting strict with that as in I don't shoot on my birthday I don't shoot on my anniversaries or my birthdays listeners uh, we're very sorry we have had technical <laughs> issues it could be the weather it could be the internet it could be 
little beasties in the computers. I'm not sure. Uh, so if there's only half an answer to the la- last question, you're going to have to come to Thrive and ask Rebecca for the full answer in person. And you'll find out. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, exactly. So you were talking about sort of increasing prices and stuff like that. What what exactly do you offer your clients in your packages? I know you do some elopements, some big weddings. So is there different packages mm. for those? Yeah, it's, it, 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 it purely comes down down to just sort of hourly is a little bit less for elopements, I find, because they haven't got like a long, long evening. Um, they get prints. They get me basically all day and all night. And yeah, I think it, for me, I think it's, I'm really focusing on the experience for them to make sure I give them my undivided attention as in everybody's different with boundaries. For me and my clients, I have always said to them, you know, you can message me whenever you like, you can WhatsApp me, you can DM me, you can voice note. And I really do kind of have that service with them. So I help them source suppliers. I help them pick locations and offer them. They have a free shoot before the wedding as well. So it's destination I do an additional shoot on location before the wedding. So they haven't got the kind of, because wedding days are chaotic as it is. And I think with destination, it really quickly happens when they kind of go into that destination for a reason. So I always kind of location scout and offer them a selection of locations so they can get additional portraits Mm -hmm. before the wedding or after the wedding. Yeah. Um, And people really, really love that. So they have that adventure as well. Mm-hmm. as part of their package um and yeah just give them endless support endless advice and just be there for them constantly <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. with lots of my clients it, it is like that it is i do end up being really really good friends and best friends with lots of them mm-hmm. um so it is a very personable service and yeah prints artworks frames that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but for me I think I quickly learned that when there was kind of demand and people were booking and I just didn't want to burn myself out because yeah. it's just, it's not worth it. And I think, I think with pricing, this is something that is quite common with photographers and videographers. I think everybody's got a different relationship with, with money and a different mindset. And I think everybody goes through like a bit of a wobbler when they do change the price. Cause they're like, nobody's booked at this price. Like yeah. should I take it down again? And you just got to do what's right for you <laughs> and what you want to do, how many weddings you want to shoot, how much you want to make for the year. If you're going to go to the VAT threshold, if you just like screw it, let's just go for it. Everybody's got a different situation. But what I say to people is have confidence in your pricing and to be confident with it and believe and know that people you're worth and in the beginning I would discount things because I oh, I really really want that wedding <laughs> and then soon you quickly realize you don't need to do you don't always need to do that and very often the clients who love you and love your work and you as a person invest in you mm-hmm. um is what I'd say to people and with pricing it has been such that's a, I think that's a learning curve constantly as yep. a business and for everybody it's completely different and some people are really happy whatever the price they charge that's great but it just it's whatever's personal for you and your situation and where you're at with your business and what how you want to kind of it's different for everybody is what I'd say and but a lot of the time it's confidence I find that very very common Mm -hmm. with people I kind of coach and mentor and they're like oh but I can't they're like oh I can't but I'm like 
well, why can't you? There's no yeah. difference between you and me. You've been shooting the same amount of time, same camera. Your work is beautiful. You know, how many inquiries are you getting? How many of those are converting? How many weddings have you got next year? And they're like, oh, I've got 20. I'm like, you have your safe number. So you're fine. That money is in there. Mm-hmm. And what happens as well when with kind of elopements and kind of weddings are kind of go more luxury they do book with even an even shorter time frame i found last minute inquiries and i don't know about you guys people are inquiring for this year like that yeah the same year so Mm -hmm. i've really really kind of changed that so i I went into this year well last year i was really strict to myself and i was like if i don't connect with this couple if i don't love this inquiry if i don't think we're a match i'm just going to cut it off and say I'm not the photographer for them yeah. um, because there have been times when you do have red flags don't you from inquiries yeah. when you're just like yes no like this is not gonna work mm-hmm. and you've got to stay true to yourself and your values you've really got to because for videography and photography like we are the last people to deliver their the deliverables from their wedding they're the, we're the last thing like cake flowers they're like yeah bye with us <laughs> they're kind of waiting and it's the relationship is so long. Like, yeah. and you think, okay, I'm potentially going to be in a relationship with this person for a year, year and a half. <laughs> like, it's got to be, it's got to be right. It, yeah. it is like, it is like a, it is a relationship and people need to see it as that and listen to your gut because when I've gone against my gut and been like, oh no, it's a really fit venue. It's going to be great. Then I'd be like, why, why, why did I do this? What are you doing here? What are you doing? Damn you, past Rebecca booking this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've had so many people on this podcast say, you know, don't book a wedding just because it's a cool venue or, you know, anything like that. Because things don't always go to plan. And in the past we have done that. And uh, quite often it does not go to plan. I think maybe once, once it went to plan. Everything else is just, bah. but here, <laughs> that is what it is. So for people who don't know your style, can you, can you describe it a little bit? In fact, and, and I didn't ask you this uh, because Ooh. we had technical issues, <clears throat> but are you able to send us some images and, I, and I'll post them on the video so that people can have a look if they're watching the, the YouTube video? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll throw, I'll, I'll throw some of your Im- images up right now, but describe your style for, for those who have never seen them before. So my style is best described as, oh, this is such a cliche because everyone says this at the moment. It's a trend, isn't it? Editorial. Like, uh, but um, I am influenced by, I know, like everybody's like eye rolling, like, oh, another editorial photographer. <laughs> but, tr- but truly, I am inspired by <laughs> editorial kind of fashion magazines. Yep. Um, I like my work to be romantic and warm and fun and also be incredibly joyful and I love to share the joy and the fun between couples because every couple does have a very unique story Mm -hmm. and whatever their personalities are if it's cheeky if it's sexy if it's geeky if it's outgoing if it's kind of more reserved is just sharing that joy and whatever that kind of couple dynamic is so having lots of fun with kind of my shots as well but also having those shots that are like bam yes this shot, I love it. This is that's probably yeah. not a very good way to describe it. Um, <laughs> well, what, what is what is that kind of image to you? Shots. So I think there might be a little bit a little bit of a delay. Oh. But what is that kind of like? Bang! Okay. That's a great image. Like 
when you see it, what is that image for oh. you? Is it like a good portrait? Is it like a, a good emotional moment yeah. or something? For me, I love, I'm, I'm probably best known for my portraits. That's what I get booked for uh, is a killer portrait. If the couple are wrapped up in each other in a moment that is dramatic or beautiful or the setting, or if it's composed a certain way, that is what I'm known for. And that's what I get cited by. Like I love, I love a couple portrait, like love it, love it, love it. So that's probably my kind of signature style. And it's, it's really interesting because when people say, oh, I'm documentary, oh, I'm editorial, all I'm more relaxed, as in I shoot the documentary stuff, stuff that naturally unfolds and happens, yeah. but I don't tend to share most of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of share the stuff that is, it sounds awful, like the clickbait, because like, but then that's the stuff that does excite me. That's what sets my soul on fire is yeah. like that mountaintop shot of a couple having a kiss. Like that's what I, what makes me happy. And I think, yeah with kind of Instagram and showcasing your portfolio, you've got to share what you love and share what you want to shoot more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really, really learned that. And for me, I love that shot. So I'm going to share that. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I would say. Yeah. It's my kind of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you're, you've got a very bubbly personality. You're talking about all these moments that you love <laughs> to capture. How, how does that and work with how you approach um, shooting a couple, say? Mm, um, I definitely would say it's my superpower <laughs> as a photographer is that I think I can bring out any out of people, I can bring out their personalities. And I think, well, my photograph, the people are so relaxed and trust me like a friend because I've really kind of built that relationship over the months via WhatsApp, via DMing and voice notes. So when they get to meet me, they're like, oh, like I just, it's, it's my mate, it's Rebecca. So <laughs> nowadays I can say to people, okay, just do this or get even close. And they just do it. And people don't hesitate because they trust you. I think mean, trust is a really important yeah. factor. Yeah. So if I'm like, I'm going to play some music, just vibe it out and have some fun. They're like, okay, cool. Um, so there's a massive element of trust. And yeah. I've quickly learned if you have an idea just go with it and just say it because there's nothing worse than being like, Oh, I should have gotten to do this. Or, Oh, why did I not see mm. that? Or like the should have, would have, could have thing. I'm very much about also creating an experience for them because yeah. as, as with our jobs, I think very often we're thinking about the composition, the settings and making sure you're getting this killer shot. But at the same time, that's great. But if they're not having fun doing that, what is what what's the point it's a wedding day and i think yeah. that is so important i want people to leave being like that was so much fun that was such a laugh like oh i'll never forget this memory when we did this because yeah, yeah. it is about creating moments and memories because mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not worth it because i and that's what people say people look back at that image they're like oh that was such a laugh when we were drinking in that taxi <laughs> and we were eating pizza and whatever and i think it is about having those moments and memories and that's kind of what I'm known for and I do I'm really honest with people and say look I am an extrovert I am a bit extra I am going to make you do things like that's not for everybody and I'm cool with that because there are couples in the past I've worked with and I'd be like yeah okay let's jump this fence if you just go and see and they're like no I don't want to do that (laughs) oh yeah and that's that's my fault because I wasn't clear who I was to them and Mm -hmm. I think in the very beginning because and I'll be honest like in the beginning when I was new I hadn't shot that many weddings I was so focused on being professional what I thought 
a wedding photographer to behave like. I were kind of watered down yeah. what I was like because uh-huh. I was like, these are the types of shots I should be posting. These are, I must get a shot of the dress hanging. I must mm-hmm. get a shot of the shoes on, on the floor. I must get a shot of like cringe stuff, like making <laughs> hearts behind your backs. No shade. That's fine. And, but I, I but this is what you, but this is what you do in the beginning because you know yeah. there's not such a thing as a wedding photography school like there wasn't so you are just winging it so mm. in the very beginning I was just like really held back and like and I'd be like oh Bob. and then oh and I'd kind of hold back but now I'm like fuck this we're doing this <laughs> let's go up that mountain let's go for it yeah and that's how you get the shots you do and that's what you get known for and that's mm-hmm. kind of what people can expect of you. And I'm really crystal clear what I'm like. So I am an oversharer on Instagram. So I will, will share behind the scenes because I don't want it to be a massive surprise when they meet me. Yeah. And every single time I photograph a couple, they say, you're exactly who I've seen. You, you're, I feel like I already know you. And that's yeah. when I think, okay, I am doing this right. Yeah. Um, so it's just, and it sounds really like woo woo, but true to yourself, photographers and videographers, like <laughs> there's only one you and there yeah. is there is only like, there's a photographer and videographer for every couple out there. Like mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. Um, so just be true to who you are. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, and I can relate to that story because and if you were if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you'll know that I I had conversations where I would admit that I struggled with that sort of thing. Because in the early mm-hmm. or well, when we rebranded, um our goal was to create like a luxury type brand and it was just fun and we tried to remove mm. ourselves as much as we could from the website. Um, and I found that quite hard because I love the style of video that we do. It's quite moody, um, mm. but I'm quite a quirky individual. I, I'm a man child, essentially, yeah. is, is what I am. <laughs> if you're watching the video, you'd be like, why is he dressed in a hoodie? I thought he was like a, a cool smart kind of guy but I'm not I'm just well I do have that part of me like you'll see me in a nice floor sure at yeah. a wedding and, and a waistcoat and stuff I, I do like that kind of stuff but yeah half the time I'm, I just look like a man child and but that doesn't really fit the brand or does it I don't know I'm making it you the are because I don't want to be anyone else you yeah. are the brand I yes. am the brand exactly. and right. I think you are the and this is what I struggled with because mm-hmm. I was like I want to do more luxury weddings I want to do weddings and wedding planners and but at the same time, you are the brand and people come to you because they're like, oh, it's so insane. And they know you and mm-hmm. they trust you. And you can you can be both. You can yeah. be outgoing and, you know, have a luxury brand. It, it is possible. It's very, very <laughs> possible. And I yeah. think so many of us think, oh, no, I can't be like that because that's not. Yeah, of course, you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. You really, and those couples do exist. They do exist that they, they want to have a good time. They do. And want to have killer shots. Yeah. They do. It's very, it's very possible. And I actually think there's, there's more weird people out there than you think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. weird in a good way. I've always used weird as a good way. Yes. Like I've always said to my kids, yes. you don't want to be normal. You want to be weird because that's unique and that's who you are. Yes. Like just go with the weirdness. And honestly, 
you should see me at an elopement. I'm jumping around the hills <laughs> like a bloody idiot. I want to see. <laughs> I bet I can. I can tell from like your energy that you're just like, yeah, let's do this, do this. Like, yes. I love that though. Yeah. And, and as, a, as a bride, I would love that. I would want that mm. on my wedding day. I'd want yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I want to get them up up up, up the uh, the top of a hill, say, and uh, you know, you need that yeah. energy to kind of convince them to go up this. Yeah. Yeah, like so, as you said, you know, people. If you give somebody a good experience mm-hmm. on their couple shoot, they're going to look back at the images feeling mm-hmm. that experience and that's going to make them love the photos even yeah. more. Yeah. Whereas if they're coming away going, that yeah. was an awkward couple shoot. Oh, didn't, didn't really enjoy it. That's going to influence mm-hmm. how they see the photos as well. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so what, what's in your kit bag? What do you take to a wedding and what's your usual setup? I'm a Sony shooter. <laughs> oh, that's why um, your camera wasn't what working. You guys? What? I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a Sony shooter. And you know what? I love it. I, 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 I was Nikon previously. And then again, Lisa. Lisa's like, you need to try the Sony. And I have a go. And I loved it. And I quickly mm. fell in love with it. So I shoot two bodies, Sony A7 III mirrorless, uh, but I shoot Sigma lenses. Controversial. Um, I I love Sigma art. I always have. Mm. And I find the Sony lenses like super, super sharp, but I found the Sigma art, you just get just a different, like it's just, (laughs) it does have that art name for a reason. And like, I can't, and that's, I think my signature style and I just love the kind of dreaminess of the Sigma art. So yeah, they're heavy, like stupid heavy. Um, but I love, I love the look of the Sigma art. So 35, yeah. 85 are my favorites, like most photographers. Um, but I shoot pure prime lenses. So zoom lenses, not interested in, they're not for me. And I think with kit in the very beginning, I was really intimidated by kit. I think I was like, what do I need? What is everybody else shooting? Do I yeah. need to get that? Should I get that? And I think yeah. that's a really common thing, isn't it? That we are just like, do I need to get that? Okay, you've got that. Should I get that? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's all the, all the gear and no idea was very much yeah. what I was like. And then as soon as I was like, you know what? You don't actually need that. You just stick to what you love, stick to what you actually use and just like, yeah, keep streamlining it. So, for a wedding, 3585, uh, the Godox flashes, uh, a harness, bum bag. That is really important. I love yeah. a bum bag. Mm-hmm. For, um, for, for the American so listeners important. out there, that would be a fanny pack, just so you know. Fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, fanny pack, uh, really important. Harness uh, as well, dual harness for carrying them all. Um, I have one that's got my logo engraved in the back, which is like a walking, talking business card. Ooh, fancy. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, snacks. Definitely have always got snacks yeah. because let's be honest, most wedding venues forget to feed you. So, or <laughs> you're just waiting for food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so snacks. Uh, I have a little kind of wedding day emergency kit and this mm-hmm. goes to every wedding and that's got a sewing kit blasters, tampons, deodorant, safety pins, and um, to help people like smart dresses that are broken. Mm-hmm. So that's what's in my kit. And I have a little rolling uh, bag for that. Yeah. So yeah, super minimal. And then backups for like, I have additional lenses in case those um, fails are 50, 
24 I do use for kind of group shots or a really tight um, bridal prep room. Yeah. And two battery chargers in case one dies, a power mm. bank charger. And then laptop occasionally if I kind of want to cull during the food break to kind of catch up. Yeah. yeah. Ahead of the game for pre- mm-hmm. for previews. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that quite often as well. If the couple have booked like an express turnaround, I'm just, I'll, I'll get Greg to import mm. the footage and I'll just like. Because you, you do have hours. You do have like a good couple of hours. Yeah. Um, especially if, yeah. for a, like if they have their speeches before the meal. So then you got to, mm. you do the speeches. Cool. You got to wait for them to have their dinner. And then sometime hopefully you'll get fed, but maybe, maybe not. And then over to the first dance. That's at least two or three hours. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like, do do your editing. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, let's let's get on to your um, talk for Thrive. Uh, obviously, we don't want to get too um, detailed with it because we want people to learn and buy tickets for Thrive <laughs> in twenty twenty two. So <laughs> yeah. So get your tickets for Thrive because <laughs> you're not going to learn that stuff here. Um, Anyway, your talk, uh, perfecting your portfolio. Um, I, I was actually super intrigued because with Instagram, with TikTok, um, you know, your website, um, people consider these part of your portfolio. Or, I mean, individuals do use them as such, right? Yeah. So when you say your portfolio, what do you mean? I mean the portfolio you have on your website and your Instagram. So Instagram, I do see as like a live portfolio um, that people can kind of see. It's the kind of bait which hooks them in. Um, So I would would say in that sense, so your Instagram and your website portfolio Uh is what I would say. Okay. So obviously... I mentioned this a little bit earlier, the, the fact that um, TikTok is um, becoming more of a platform. Um, it's, mm. it's, it's less for um, girls doing dances as the joke commonly thinks <laughs> it is and that's why people don't go to it. Um, basically, in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, wh- why, why should people care about their portfolio when you're seeing the popularity of the kind of real world, I mean, that's not fair because photographs are, can be considered real, real world as well. But I mean, like you see someone's face and, mm. and the, like you said, you're the brand. So people engage with you on a personal level. Why should photographers, why should videographers care about their portfolio when there is kind of a trend of moving away from the, the perfect um, image and it's more about the people. Does that make sense? That's very rambly a question. I do apologize. I think I'm interpreting this as. <laughs> 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 I think I'm going to try and answer this. Okay? okay. So the way I see it is so with obviously Instagram, they obviously announced that it's no longer just a photo sharing platform. And I think this yeah. is the, the trend you're seeing now. You're seeing reels more than content you're, you're seeing reels more than photos yeah. yeah which is really frustrating for people because everyone's like i'm a photographer i'm not going to be pointing to text and dancing like that is just and you know what it isn't for everybody and like that's the absolute truth you don't need to point and dance and do a routine you don't need to mm-hmm. to get bookings you really really don't and 
don't get me wrong, like reels are amazing. They're great. But you don't, there are lots of ways of showcasing your brand without actually showing your face. Yes. But your portfolio, however, your po- that's permanent. And that's, so yeah, you can kind of show a reel with a bit of comedy or humor, or you can actually show glimmers of your portfolio. But ultimately, it, it, that will kind of entice your kind of client, but it will be your portfolio that actually gets you that booking ultimately. Um, because that is what, you you can do that's your actual work so the kind of perfecting your portfolio is i talk through the process of how to actually create the portfolio of your dreams are you maybe in a position when you're like oh this year like i haven't got that many weddings i'm excited about or i haven't got the weddings that i want to be shooting or and this is a dilemma that all of us go through let's be honest as in as in with with weddings you shoot so many weddings but how many of those weddings can you actually market that you are going to kind of share to death that you're going to constantly be putting out there because being completely honest like the further you go along with your business you can't do that for every wedding that's Mm. that's the absolute truth because and some people say yeah but you could share an image from every single wedding um you should have an image you should be proud from every wedding yes you should However, sometimes it might be a case of I don't want to go back to that venue again. I might be like that venue. I just I'm not interested in returning, so I wouldn't share that. It might be as simple as that. But with kind of weddings, it's a really interesting market because very often you're marketing for the future, yeah. and this is what people kind of seem to forget is that for some people you're marketing for two for a wedding in two years' time a wedding in a year's time. And that's a very different market compared to like fashion when it's instant. That's marketing for now. That someone's going to yeah. buy that now. But with weddings, you're marketing for the future. So you have got to be strategic about your portfolio. So uh-huh. if you think, oh, I want more destination weddings, but you don't have that content, how are you going to kind of show to people what you can do? Maybe you, you think, oh, I want to do more weddings where there's more colour but you don't have that in your portfolio, how are you going to get that wedding? Because sometimes a hashtag isn't enough to say hashtag Italy wedding photographer, hashtag um, (laughs) London elopement photographer, if you haven't got that in your portfolio. And it is a case of getting the actual content because Mm. as you know, with the algorithm and with the internet hashtags, yes, they can bring you potential clients, but not necessarily, you know, with people very often it's a case of you need to actually share what you can do for somebody to be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to book them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to invest in them. Um, I think that's what you kind of mean by your question Um, in comparison to like (laughs) video snippets of say a person. Mm -hmm. So is that what you mean? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if it wasn't i'm really sorry i just no, interpreted no, no. that as that that was that's, absolutely that's absolutely perfect um so <laughs> you, you mentioned <laughs> it's my fault i brain farted halfway through that question i was like no no um you mentioned the algorithm and you mentioned um mm-hmm. showing essentially showing um what you want to get there there's a balance surely between having to post enough regular content for Mm. the algorithm to be like, Oh, this person's posting and uh, is a reliable source. So I'm going to send out to to further people over 
really showing exactly what you want because yes, we yeah. take thousands of images, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of video clips or, or however much content you create. But at the end of the day, there's only so much. <laughs> so man, I'm not very good at asking questions. Why am I hosting a podcast? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, how, how, how do we how do we manage the balance there between showing exactly what we want versus working and posting content for the algorithm? I got there. Um, what I say to people, yes, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so the most common thing I would say to people is, I think people think I need to post every single day. I need to post something, anything, so people can, so the algorithm puts me in front of my clients and yeah. People need to get out of that because you don't need to post every single day. You really, really don't. Stories, yes. Like I would say the stories algorithm is way more powerful because photos only reach, what, was it 2%, 3% of your followers in the moment? It's, yeah. So stories I would really push every single day, definitely. Okay. And I don't post every single day. I used to. And trust me, in the past, I have tried posting every single day, being in a pod, doing all of that. And I, like you said, I would try anything. I did in the past. Um, but you don't need to. And that's the absolute truth. And it is a case of quality over quantity. So be really, really intentional with what you're posting. Don't post for posting sake. And I think that's really, really important because I think everyone just panics and thinks, I just need to keep posting, I need to keep posting. And if anything, we learned during the pandemic, you don't need to because what happened during that time is you don't know when your next content was coming and you had to make that content last for months with mm. no real weddings. And I, my account still grew by not posting every single day. And don't kind of panic and think you need to do what everybody else is doing and everybody else is posting. No, they're not. Like you really don't need to post every single day. It's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Just yeah quality over quantity and sometimes when even when I had my baby I was I didn't even post I think maybe once a week once a fortnight because there was just no time and it, it's not the end of the world I think there's so much kind of I think everybody panics and thinks oh like the algorithm's out to get me it hates me like you can't beat it like you're never gonna beat it like they're a lot smarter than us but just there are things you can do to kind of help your account and that is posting stories Stories are really, really powerful. And look at the impressions on your stories. And you can already tell that you will get way more views on a story than likes on a post. So just keep doing that. And even if you're not down for showing your face every single, because you don't need to, people will watch anything and everything on stories. Trust me. Like yeah. people are nosy. <laughs> um, well, you know, I love seeing what people are up to. And you feel like you know them and you're like, oh, they're having dinner with their mates, that, you know, having cocked people do so share that side of you and that is how you can build your brand loyalty that people kind of get to know you so share what you have to and you can even share your work on stories so if you've got shots you've never shared or post off share that on stories because the odds are more people are going to see it mm -hmm. so don't feel like you need to do it every single day it's not necessary it really really isn't and just remember the saying just only share what you want to shoot yeah because yeah. that's what you're going to get back what what would you say are some of the biggest issues that you see with other photographers' portfolios or that they're coming to you with? And I assume these are going to be things that you'll maybe cover in your talk. So broad scopes of mm. what issues do you see? 
Um, I think inconsistency in edits. I think that's a really common thing uh, that people are using lots of different presets that is just not consistent. That's a very common thing mm-hmm. because then what happens when your work is inconsistent is a client looking at that is going to be like, so what am I going to get? Is my work, is my wedding going to look like that? Or is it going to look like that? Um, so you have to constantly put yourself in the shoes of your client. And I think that's a really, really common thing. I think so many people think, you've got to think to yourself, well, who am I posting this for? Is this for other photographers, videographers? Is this for your peers or is this for clients? I think so many people get so caught up in likes and followers. And you've got to remember, you only need to appeal to what, 20, 30 couples. So that is what you should be aiming for when you are posting and I think everyone's like, oh, that picture bombed. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's the, doesn't matter. It's just Instagram. Just like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> even if that one picture you, you loved spoke to a couple and they were like, that's what we want for our wedding. Yeah. That's, you've done your job. That's mm-hmm. all you need to do. Um, so that's a really common thing is inconsistency. Um, posting and ghosting, that's a very common thing. Um, people just post write a caption and then just leave it and they're like okay posted da, 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 done um when again with social media you have to be social you've got yeah. to engage you've got to you can't you can't be an island on social media it's very much a two-way street you've got to put out what you want to get back and it is a full-time job like you know you know like it's constantly like replying to dms reacting watching stories like putting up stories replying to comments like it's a whole it's <laughs> a lot of work um (laughs) but just engaging i'd say to you just engage 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 and likes don't pay for your bills engagement does and if you connect and engage with the right people they will convert to clients and that's a very common thing for me i've had people who follow me and they're like oh my gosh i know that we'd have a laugh when i get engaged you're shooting yeah and that's happened about six times for now like followers you're like I think we'd have a laugh. And then as soon as they get engaged, they're like, babes, I'm engaged. When are you available? And they won't even ask how much you cost. They will work around you because they connect with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important to kind of show your personality with your account because it is a saturated market. There are so many of us. It's like couples have the pick of like the bunch. They can pick anybody. So what I say to people is what makes you different to that photographer? Is your editing the same? Great. But what are you bringing to the table? What's your value? So yeah. showing your personality, I think that's really important as a photographer or videographer. I think so many people choose a business name, which is their name. So they're like, oh, it's Sophie Wedding Photography. But then there's like just a logo and there's no Sophie. And you're like, who is Sophie? <laughs> what is what like that, that's that's also very common um in terms of like a thing and i'm like you're i'm venturing so i'm like you're so fun like i want to see more of this like showcase this because that is what's going to book you yeah. weddings if it's a it just if for some couples if it's a, a factor of oh okay these two photographers cost the same the editing's the same what will be the swaying factor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is it, it it's a personality and and a fit personality wise, then show you that. And don't yeah. be afraid to show that. I think that's really important. So I would say those are the most common things um, with Instagram at the moment. Yeah, I'd say mm-hmm. that. Also, and reels, people just being like, I hate reels. It's not me. Like, uh-huh. I'm not doing it. You don't have to do it. You don't, you don't have to. Like, yep. it's just at the moment, it's something that Instagram are really pushing algorithm wise. And it, 
it's a really good marketing tool. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's as in it's free to do, and you don't need to point and dance. You don't need to. You can just share. You, you can do a quick little video snippet. You can. You're a pointer. I do it. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's, <laughs> exactly. There's nothing wrong with it, and there's different strokes for different folks. And yeah, I have done the pointy text thing. Like mm. I've done that, and people be like, "Oh, cringe." But don't do that. Do what's true to your business and what's yeah. true to you and whatever you think that other clients are going to connect with or your type of people, your tribe. So do what's right for you. What Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we still need to find our um, real, our real voice. Because <laughs> um, <but, laughs> yeah. me personally, I'm not much of a dancer, pointer. I'm not much of a... We, we've only really Dance. used reels so far to share finished edits. Like Yeah. Which is a boring. Sni- a snippet mm-hmm. of a wedding film, which we feel would suit a reel, we've shared there, but yeah. we've not done any mm. face to camera reels. Yeah. I just, I literally just said our work's boring. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. Um, no! <laughs> your videographers, like, you are in such a powerful position. Like, you can make a reel like that. You've got yeah, what? So much video content that you can just do a quick first look. Oh, look at look at this person! Yeah, there's so much potential. Like, yes, you've got like dozens of potential on your hard drive that you can just listen to some trending tracks. Boom, clip, boom. That's right. Like, you gotta remember, it takes three seconds for it to count as a view. Mm. Yeah. Solid. You'll yeah. be okay. And it doesn't matter. Just like have fun. Like, very cool. Very I'm sure cool. it's a beautiful reel. um yes another little reminder uh to buy your thrive tickets and learn more about what rebecca (laughs) is talking about right here and if you want to learn who the hell sophie is (laughs) buy your tickets and we'll maybe tell you who sophie is (laughs) um but let's move on because like i said you're talking about this topic we don't want to give too much away um i really enjoyed your takeover though of the farm page uh, I, I'm pretty sure I was on the train down to London. So I was actually sitting alone. Uh, the kids and, and, and my wife had a table. I was sitting working on my podcast Aww. notes and I was I was enjoying <laughs> your takeover. Um, so thank you for the entertainment. Um, I'm oh, not. Thanks for watching. That's really nice. I, I'm going to. So I really enjoyed them and I thought you gave such good information for the questions that you were asked because you did a ask me anything um series and um i promise i'm not being a lazy host but i'm gonna <laughs> re-ask you some of the questions that <laughs> that you were given because um it's gone the shelf life it's only tw- it was only yeah. out for 24 hours and it's gone it's disappeared so, it, then it, then it's gone. so so let's give some <laughs> uh, longevity to some of these answers that you were given questions to um cool Greg, would you like to ask the first one? So, someone asked for your best timing advice for bridal preps. I think. Is that yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Ah, yes. Okay. So, timing is absolutely key for this part of the day. Like, it, it, I think it's, I love bridal prep. I think this is just, this sets off the tone for the entire day that there is massive potential in this time for bonding with the wedding party relaxing them for kind of really just starting the gallery off and telling the story um but in order to do that you need time and i think this is so important but with time that comes with preparing your couples so with my couples 
I am very honest and I will ask them questions purely from learning from past mistakes. So I'll say, okay, how many people are in your bridal party? How many bridesmaids? And then telling them, okay, well, it takes about 40 minutes per bridesmaid for that. And being really honest with the timings and then being really, really firm and telling the bride or bridegroom or groom, okay, if your ceremony is at two, you need to be in your dress at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being really kind of giving them the actual times. Because I think before <laughs> yeah. I would just be like, oh, just freestyle. I'm just capturing it as it all unfolds, which is, which is what your job is to do. However, if they want shots of them in the robes having Prosecco, if they want a first look with their dad, if they want that banging portrait, you need time to yeah. do that. Yeah. So I tell people really don't underestimate the timings at this time of day. And I say it makes for a better experience. So I say, okay, mm. so if you're at this time, you're going to need to do the registrar at this time. So I say you need to be in your dress at this time and yeah. stress to them and say, okay, tell your hair and makeup artist you don't want to go last because they're like, oh, like I think loads of people think I want my makeup fresh. Your makeup's going to stay in all day. So just <laughs> get ready than you, than you think. Yeah. Um, and I think it it's so important like I say to people, just get ready sooner than you think. Don't go last. Go in the middle so you are ready. So you can enjoy that time if you want to read those letters from your partner, if you want to give a gift to your parents, if you want to have a first look, if you want to give gifts to your party, mm-hmm. you know, have music playing. So I, I do give lots of advice to my couples on this um, with timings and just tell them to get sooner, ready, get ready, ready sooner than you think. Yeah. yeah. Really and if important. you're working with a, if you're working with a filmmaker, um, and and maybe mm. maybe, you have, maybe you haven't talked about this during the day, but the filmmaker will also very much appreciate those earlier times because, like, we have to be at the church to set up. So you know, it's it's not yeah. like I mean, we do trying to aim for getting portraits and stuff. But um, if you're working alongside a videographer, you have the bonus. Um, uh, yeah. aspect of helping them as well yeah there's a wee bit more setup time for ceremony for a filmmaker yeah mm. um, but what you said about yeah. like you can stand back and document it as it happens that's that'll be fine but you're just watching the time disappear and it's like you're gonna be late and it's just yeah. causing problems for yourself it, as you say because oh they're not gonna have time to do that first is. look now mm. oh no yeah no, when you can control that and it's chaotic oh and it's when stuff does run late as a videographer and photographer, it's so stressful because you're playing catch up, aren't you? And everyone looks at you like, this is why they're late. And you're like, it's not me. Like I'm just here. Like, and everyone looks at you like it's your fault. Um, And I just tell them like, this part of the day is sacred. Like, and it is because it's the anticipation. It's the excitement. So I say to people like, you know, you want to enjoy this because this will set the tone for the rest of the day. So, enjoy this time mm-hmm. and we can't capture like those t- moments without time so yeah but again they wouldn't know that because they've never been married before so your job yeah you know with your client is to educate them mm-hmm. and give them advice on that yeah uh yeah perfect advice uh and wear a watch <laughs> wear a watch and, yes uh, oh my gosh so, wear a watch the, the, this is this is crucial I, I don't always wear a watch i'm not wearing a watch now but for weddings, I always wear a watch, and I wear a watch for a very particular reason. Yeah, because if you're always. getting out, if you're reaching into your pocket and going on your phone, it doesn't look like you're checking the time. It looks like you're just bored. So yeah. please wear a watch and don't check your phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, if you're interested, I know some photographers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. On you go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know it's fine. No, it's fine. I was. Oh, uh, oh, so sorry. Some photographers I know actually changed the Apple Watch t- like face to be the timeline of the day. Like that yeah, is also nice. a thing. So they have the timeline of like ceremony to, you know, champagne at this time, confetti. That's also mm-hmm. I know something that lots of photographers do and, yeah. and videographers. Yes. Yes, uh, very handy. I, I do that with. I mean, I, I say I say don't look at your phone, but I actually do. Uh, you, you just have to be careful when you when you bring it out. But yes, I have the screensaver mm. as the times usually. Um, if you're interested in learning more about how to shoot morning preps, uh, Sean Bell, um, who will be recording yeah. with later today, who's also a Thrive mentor, will be talking about that more in detail. So um, yeah. Book your tickets. I can't say that enough. Book your tickets. Book your tickets. Do it. Uh, Someone else asked on the Q&A, do you think many frogfers underestimate the power of a group shot? Oh, yes. They do. And I think with wedding photographers, group shots are usually at the bane of our life. As in, because we've all had horror stories with group shots, let's be honest, because... In the beginning, I would just freestyle them and be like, okay, yeah, mum, dad. Like, but the power and the importance of group shots, as in, I've often had couples in the, say to me, oh, we don't really want group shots. Like, we don't really care. And I say, okay, that's cool. But you've got to remember, like, these photographs might not have much importance now, but these will sometimes be the most important shots in the future. Mm. Um, because you're not going to get those people in a room together, like, yeah. very often. Yeah. And, the amount of people have had messaged me say, oh, can you please, we've, we, oh, we are wedding was this many years ago. This person's passed away. Can you please bring up that same image? Can you change it for us and mm-hmm. crop in just them? Because that's the only picture we've had of them. As in group shots are really, really, really sacred and really important. And I tell couples like, look, you know, I, I limit how many I have now because I used to just be like, oh, you can do as many as you like. And then it's just chaos. Um, so now I say it's this many, but pick people who are like your right or date dies. These are the ones you want framed or printed or the ones that they want printed. So have a list of the actual people and then just do it and just take the time to compose it properly and give them options. Um mm-hmm because those shots are often the ones that are printed by the parents, by the family. Um, and then with bridal party shots, those are like money makers. Those, again, massive clickbait. Like, And that's the absolute because with, with weddings, I always say like your bridal party are truly like your wedding cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, because yeah. they're the first people to post on Instagram. They're the first people to do stories. They follow the photographer. Mm. They're invested because they've done the hen-hen party. They're like, they've got the dress. They're in the bridesmaid dress. They are like living their best lives. So if you nail a killer bridesmaid or groom party shot, that just, that's instant referrals every single time. So I always say to them, oh, what's your Instagram handles? Um, like I'll airdrop them like boomerangs and taking them in the morning because they're like, they're, they love it. And it is, I know what it's like to be a bridesmaid. It's so much fun. And being part of the wedding party is like an honor, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, just they are like the people who take care of you at wedding. So with bridesmaid shots, I do, I'm kind of known for bridesmaid shots. So I tend to say for couples, okay, I need this much time for these types of shots. So I've done all the family shots, typically keep them quite formal because yeah. they're going to be printed and framed and mum and dad aren't 
down for like the arty stuff most of the time. They're like, we want to look at the camera. Yeah. Cool. So do those because as much as we're like forehead to forehead, like <laughs> parents are like, why are you not looking at the camera? I can't see you. Like they don't appreciate that so much. Yeah, and yeah. I've learned that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with bridesmaids and grooms and shots, that's when you can have fun. So I get people walking. I get might do another session in the evening at sunset with like champagne and glasses and have and I like because I think also with group shots you get completely different dynamic out of your couple because mm-hmm. that's like who they really are because I think that's when their kind of fun side comes out and you see a completely different side of them so I love the atmosphere that yeah. comes out of group shots and yeah. posting those again does very well mm. like that's the absolute truth I remember so group shots are I remember important. a bridesmaid it wasn't a group shot but it was a shot with all the bridesmaids in it they just got out of the car standing all casual and i think we posted that on instagram like constantly a few times because Mm -hmm. every time you post it the engagement just shoot through the roof they tagged all their bridesmaids they commented they shared it and they weren't like wow yeah they they weren't even doing anything so the couple had gotten to their very nice old vintage car and were driving away and it's the bridesmaids they're not even looking at us Mm. they're just like totally like looking cool and very casual one of them's waving a bouquet like to say goodbye like yeah it was just a cool vibe um so yeah so again when i was on the the um train looking at some of the ways that you pose group sh- uh, do you pose group shots is that, is that the right i know you pose a couple but like arrange yeah. arrange like you you did have your yeah, looking at the camera range, yeah. yeah so you did have your um looking at the camera uh type um mm-hmm. shots but you also ha- you, you also got a lot of them to move and and walk towards you and mm. i loved that and i don't see that too often actually with group shots um usually like you said they are the bane of photographers lives so they just want to get them over and done with um <laughs> and that's fair enough yeah. um maybe we will wind you up um if you're working with us that you have to do the group shots and we don't ha 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 that's the power of video but <laughs> <laughs> but then the group shots for us are like speeches for you they're like yeah. <laughs> yes like, yeah. yes very much so very much so so it's so, uh, help people out with their um, arrangements because um, you have done a lot and they look really cool. So give, give, give some advice. So what I do, I get all the formalities done first, just so you like, right, tick box, done the one when they're all looking to camera. Mm. Um, so I go, okay, cool. Now let's have some fun. And they're like, yes, this is what we've come here for. Like, this is, this is what we want. Um, so they've done the shot, they're all looking to camera, the typical lineup of all the party, just so you have it. And then I immediately say, okay, what I'm going to get you to do is you're going to link arms and you're going to walk towards me, but you're not going to look at me. And they can get them to walk because what happens then, and this is the rule with photography, like motion creates emotion every single time. And then that's when you get the laughter, the giggle, the giggles. And also I work with videographers a lot. And for you, videographers, static shots aren't really, you need movement. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't you? You need a lot of movement to make up a film. So I've always been hyper aware of that with videographers to keep, you know, couples moving because that's when they get content and the footage they need. And also you get just a completely different vibe photography-wise. And I love movement. And so get them moving, walking towards camera, and then I will get them to look at each other, um, get them told the bouquet in the right place. Um, I might bring out some chairs 
screw it if I'm like let's go for Vanity Fair vibes like <laughs> yes. very often the bridal groom has told me have been like they said oh we want this shop we want to I'm like okay cool because sometimes we have requests mm-hmm. so we might get some furniture out um, and I just try and give them a real variety, variety yeah. really like a real mixture so it's not all just like look into camera and also I always make a point and this is my top tip for weddings is photograph the bride and groom with individually with every single member of the wedding party yeah. because what happens every single year is they're like happy birthday megan they will use that picture every oh, nice. single year and it's a killer picture because it's a professional picture and again you've got to think about you've got to think about them and what they really want and i know as a bride that i value those pictures of me and my girlfriends me and my sisters because i end up sharing those pictures every year and Again, those people potentially are like, oh, that's a really lovely picture. And I have so many bridesmaids and grooms which are referrals from that wedding for that reason. Um, so I, I take the time to do that. I literally say, okay, line up really quickly. We should do a quick fire shot of each of you with the bridal groom. And they're always really grateful. Yeah, and it's about yeah. going that extra mile, definitely. So mm, yeah. movement, individual shots, static, looking at each other. Um, having a little giggle and just keeping it lighthearted and fun and just, yeah, just really mixing it up and taking the time to do it uh, and making it fun as well. Yeah. 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 I I like that. Tell us, let's talk a bit more about reels and how you actually create them. Like how much? Slash TikToks. Yeah. Well, because they're they're, they're similar, right? So how how do you actually create (laughs) your reels and how much sort of time and effort you put into them? Mm. so it, it varies I'll be completely honest it's in some people are really like organized and will the trick is to batch film them and then just drip feed them slowly that's the right way you should do it um if you're like really organized but for me it might be a case of oh I've got makeup on today might film should film a reel really as in right now I'm wearing makeup I should probably do a reel later on but I might not. Um, that's the absolute truth. <laughs> so the trick with reels, so reels are different to TikTok. Okay. Sounds, some of the sounds are the same, um, but TikTok is is very different. When I find the humor on TikTok is a lot more jokey and jovial, you can go really extreme with TikTok because it did start with TikTok. When reels, obviously, if it's a business account, very often the themes are education, relatability or humor. Like that's the kind of the main themes. So the trick of reels is to actually sit and watch reels. I think that's the most common thing. I think very often people go, Oh, that's so cringe. Like if you sit and watch reels, there are some very, very educational, really useful reels that you Mm -hmm. can learn a lot from other kind of artists, other creators, people within your niche so sit and actually watch reels and think okay how can i make that apply to my audience is what i say to people so Mm -hmm. sit and watch reels and then what you'll see is a lot of the same audio you'll be like i've heard this and that (laughs) and that basically tells you it's a trending song so trending songs are probably the the best way to fast track that kind of video so more people will be more likely to see it so save Mm -hmm. audios um is what I'd say. And then there are lots of ways to make a reel. You can either do it within the app or you can do it outside the app using an app like InShot. Or if you're a videographer, you might do it in Final Cut Pro. Completely up to you. Um, Pick a song. Think about what you want to kind of get across. 
ideally you want to have your viewer hooked within three seconds. So you want to create a hook, whether that's catching the beginning of the video. For instance, um, I made a real lifetime on photography farm about the time I shot in JPEG. Like, and that's a very, that's, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, you feel visibly sick. And, mm-hmm. but then what I did as I, I made that really clear within the, like immediately in the videos, I think what people do, I think I mean, the mistakes of reels, people are just doing like slideshows yep. with, and that's, yep. you can do that, but you'll find if you incorporate video, cause that's the purpose of reels, mm-hmm. it will perform better. So having mixed media is definitely the way forward. If it's pure video, great. If you're going to mix photos and videos, cool, but don't just do pure photos. If you do make it short and snappy is what I'd say. So if you're mm-hmm. going to do a raw to the finished result, make it quick and snappy yep. and kind of correlate it to the music. So it's on the beat, which mm-hmm. is changing. Um, so you can either pick an audio and you can pick all your kind of media and then you can let Instagram do it automatically. That's mm-hmm. that, one way. Um, or you can do it outside the app in InShot. Um, so there's that. You can even extract audio from TikTok that the sound isn't on YouTube. You can do that via InShot. Um, but what I tell people is keep it short and sweet, make it relatable, think about your audience, mm-hmm. whether your audience is couples, if it's other photographers and videographers. Um, and the trick is with Reels is ideally you want it to be a case other people share it and yep. save it um, because that's how it goes even further. Um, and that's the kind of trick mm-hmm. with Reels. Um, you can change the cover photo so it matches the rest of your grid. Um, captions are really, really important. Don't underestimate the importance of captions because very often people watch reels about sound. Um, And if they get the kind of the general, what it's all about via the caption there, they're like, oh, okay, cool. And Mm -hmm. then sit and watch it. Um, And that's something to cannot be underestimated is using captions. Um, Hashtags are completely different for reels. So, yeah, completely different. Like, it's, it's a whole like, masterclass in itself, really. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so, Keep going. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know don't, Yeah. Oh, okay. So, trending audio is like a little white arrow. That yes. tells you it's trending. So, like, mm-hmm. save a bunch of audio. Um, and actually, like, with reels, you've probably got loads of potential in your camera roll, like, already. I think loads of people are like, oh, I have to sit and film. You can actually just go into your camera roll, yeah. and you might have footage of you at a wedding. You might have behind the scenes and just repurpose that. And I'll be honest, the best performing reels on my account are ones I've literally made in five minutes. I just be like, "Ah, (laughs) put this together. Boom. Yeah. Like, and that's the truth. But I say to people, don't go in with the intention. Like this is going to go viral. I want it to go viral. Like, like you can't, sometimes you can predict what it can, sometimes you can't. And Mm -hmm. it can be for the craziest reasons. So just don't overthink it. That's what I'd say. And don't delete it because very often people go, oh my gosh, it's absolutely bombed. But then what has happened is that audio suddenly might trend later on or that hashtag mm-hmm. might come around again and then that reel can come back around again. So the longevity of a reel is a lot longer. So you know how you post a photo or a video on your grid and then it makes or breaks within the first couple of hours if it does yeah. well. With reels, they just keep going round and round and round because there's not as many reels as there are photos, like in terms of like, and the people creating reels are creators, like the majority. So you'll find if you watch reels, you'll be like, I've watched, I've seen this reel before. So that's what happens. <laughs> Very often they kind of get put in front again. So yeah. it is really, really powerful marketing and it's free. 
Mm-hmm. And you can just, yeah, you don't need to show your face. So I've shown clips without even showing my face and they're done really well. So there's a real style for everybody. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is don't, another mistake people make is making a real or a video in TikTok and then just posting it in Instagram. Yeah. Um, but then mm-hmm. the watermarks from TikTok. So that's mm-hmm. like a no-no. Um, would, um, so don't do that. So Sorry. Would you? But there's a lot to it. If, if you <laughs> so had, much. Yeah. If you had a viral video, would you mm-hmm. repost that content? Uh, maybe five months later. Yeah, lots of creators do this. Actually, that's mm. quite a common thing. As in, there was a trend saying, "Post your most viral video." Like TikTok did it. Yeah, like the, for the re- for the recap of the year, mm-hmm. and then the video goes viral again because it's usually yeah. Yeah. for a particular reason. So I'm probably going to do that one of my old reels. So the best reel that's ever performed for me, the audio has now gone, which is this kills me. So the audio <laughs> for that track, the, the creators d- like deleted it. So now yeah. it's, it's a video with no audio, um, which then tells me, oh, I can repurpose it again mm-hmm. with more with a new audio so yeah you definitely can and just mix it up so yeah and why the heck not yeah would you well for you yeah would you delete the old uh, viral video you would just keep it okay i said don't delete i I know but if you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna repost it No, yeah, you're right. You can right. repurpose. Obviously, don't do it. Like, if it's a couple of months, then yeah, why the heck not? Just change the cover picture so it just looks different. Oh, nice and good advice. Not everybody. Like yeah. yeah. As in, and remember, like, never assume that all your followers have seen that because yeah. there'll be times mm-hmm. when your mate, you'll be like, oh, I've not seen this picture before. Like, that's <laughs> very common with content, just gets missed because it's not in chronological order. Even though yeah. it's going to be that soon, it's going to change. There'll be pictures from like, just according to what the algorithm thinks you want to see. Mm-hmm. So yeah, never delete a reel. Like, and remember, like, if it bombs, doesn't matter. It's just, it's just Instagram guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't so, worry about it. That's why I say it. Well, I, actually, ha, before you before you move on, Greg, uh, I do have a little bit of, of advice, <laughs> mainly for filmmakers. Um, if you're a filmmaker, you'll know. I'm assuming anyway, unless you're breaking the law, which is a decision you can make on your on your by yourself. Um, for us, we use licensed music. So we use Musicbed, um, a, a, whole, yeah. a couple of other sites. If you have the music license and you then go into TikTok, it could still flag up as you don't own this and you can't fight, fight it. So, so it's just very annoying. So if you it's want, a nightmare if, trying if, to license music. Yeah, so if you want yeah. to do a video with, with um, recorded audio like someone speaking, uh, just export that without any music and then you can pick a song in TikTok or Reels later um, and then it won't get flagged that way because I've had that a couple of times having already created the content batch and then realize, oh shit, I now need to change this because (laughs) yes, the recorded speech isn't, you can't, you know, it just gets rid of all the audio. So that's very annoying. Tip. So frustrating, isn't it? It's and you're like, you're like, annoying. I paid for this on YouTube. Here's my sync ID, but then yeah. I know Instagram, TikTok, like, no. Yeah, and, and you can't. The amount of times we're like, oh, like it's it's yeah. So that there's yeah. a massive flaw with yeah. that. So but, uh, I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who who else 
in the industry do you know that's creating and using reels in an interesting way? Like, who would you recommend going oh. and checking out? Oh, I've, I've got a good one. Ah, uh, I love, I love, um, it depends what you're in the mood for. I really love, I'm loving Emma Ryan's. She's another photographer. Oh, Emma Ryan okay. creates some really funny TikToks. Jasmine Andrews, she's doing really well with reels. Um, who else is creating really... I also follow a lot of influencers, like fashion influencers. Yeah. Um, okay. Marta, oh, what's her name? Uh, Marta, she is like the queen of reels. Um, let me get a handle for you. Marta, um, oh, I've got my phone in airplane mode, so I didn't go. Yeah. Um, oh, what's, sorry, it's just loading. Here you go. Marta underscore Sierra. So she is the queen of reels. Like she went viral. She is a massive influencer because of reels. All right. um, so I don't know if you guys saw that trend, you know, when like girls are dancing in Paris and they kick their leg and then it's dark, it's nighttime. Like that, that was a massive trend. Like, okay. Yeah. So that was the start of that trend. So she is like the queen of quick transitions, outfit changes. So she's one to follow for just inspiration of just okay. feel good reels. Um, <laughs> okay. I love following her. Um, yeah, she's a really, really good one to follow. Other photographers, I follow a lot of American photographers reels um the heart university um i've really enjoyed the reels they do um oh, you know you just go completely blank but I, yeah i follow a lot of american photographers yeah but yeah heart university evie rupp Lindsay roman mm. uh jasmine star has some very good tips and tricks for reels oh, yeah. um but yeah there's some really really good ones mm-hmm. um but for photographers yeah i think more photographers are kind of jumping on it now yeah, but, I don't, I don't yeah. see many videographers okay. or filmmakers using it as well. No, funnily no, not, enough, not uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe no. they just think videos the the powerhouse of content, so maybe they don't need to show their face. But that's boring. But I also think for like when I also think I do also see from some videographers' point of view that for you guys, like you're shooting proper video cinematic quality with proper frame rates in whatever kind of videography world you do and then somebody pulls out an iphone and then suddenly oh they're a videographer and that that video is like goes viral without very little skill which probably is very frustrating for like for lots of the industry and i I, I totally see that 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 suddenly anybody and yeah, so I, I totally see that point of view. I um, guess maybe some, yeah. maybe some filmmakers don't use reels as much because it's like, well, if I film something on my phone and post a quick edit, it won't look as good as my mm. finished work, and they'll worry that because it's portrait as well. Yeah. Because it's portrait, you're <laughs> chopping off half your frame as well. So, oh yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that is very true. By the way, um, yeah, yeah, you're given like a third of the image that you want to. In fact, I spend a lot of my time just readjusting for that because we, we shoot 16 by 9 and yeah, having to move things so it's actually yeah. in the show. Oh, anyway. What, what, are your, what, what, are your, what are your opinions on Reels then? What do, you, what do you think about them and like how it's all going in the market? What are your thoughts? Uh, I, th- I think it's super interesting. Um, I do enjoy 
watching a whole load of TikTok stuff and um, reels. It can be a bit of a, a black hole sometimes for me if I'm just like, oh, mm. I want to go down and look at cute animal videos doing <laughs> cute animals doing silly things. Uh, I don't do that very often. It's mainly with my kids, actually. They're like, oh, can you put on the funny yeah. videos? Or, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I really do appreciate people spending the time and doing stuff on camera. Yes, for me, the pointing stuff isn't really for me, but there's other content that is talking to the camera that I do find quite engaging. Uh, And it doesn't have the cringe factor. And I can see the effort (laughs) that people put into it. And I really do appreciate that. Uh, Because they're not just as easy as people think they are. It's not just that, oh, hey, I'm just recording myself. It's not that. Um, yes there are behind the scenes shots of photographers working and that's super interesting Um, especially if it's more like composition photography I always like to see how they create the final photoshopped Mm. composite image out of all these things that you're seeing Um, who's that photographer that Alexandria's Lens is that, is that right? Anyway, they do yeah. like ha- Harry Potter magical stuff with their kids. And it's always quite cool to see the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Like that. Um, but yes, uh, I I really enjoy, um, and I'm trying to get her on the on the podcast. I've been trying for her quite a while. Uh, Camera Hannah. Mm. Um, she does yeah. uh, these kind of like skits and I really enjoy that kind of content oh my gosh um, yeah I completely, I completely forgot Cameron Hannah's like killing it with the reels yes like, she is when she she's did like so the good. name randomizer she's doing yeah. she's nailing it <laughs> yes yeah and, and that's the thing they do yeah. like comedy fun relatable reels exactly which, yeah that's a really good example yes yeah. Yeah. Uh, we always like to ask this question for not just newcomers but for us who maybe have been in the industry for a while, maybe there's a, a book that we've missed. Do you have any book recommendations? Oh my gosh. I'll be completely honest. I have not read a business book <laughs> since I've had a baby. That's, that's fine. The absolute truth. Uh-huh. Um, I'm mostly like a podcast listener. And the absolute yep. truth. But okay. books that changed, that, that changed my life as in, I love the secret. I know that's a cliche. I love, I love the secret. I think that's a really positive it. And also Danny Wallace's Yes Man. I think that is such a fun book about when he actually said yes to everything um, as an experiment. And yeah, honestly, it's an amazing story. And I love that because Mm. I think it is important like to be open to opportunities. I think that those sort of books I love, but yeah, the secret I loved, I think manifestation and yeah. positive thinking. I think that's a massive like value of mine. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's been a definitely key to my success is being extremely positive. Yeah. And kind of visualizing things. You said you don't you haven't read any business books. Have you read any other no. fiction, non fiction? Oh, no, like that, that, since no. pregnancy. Like that, that's, and fine. that's that's appalling. Fine. That's fine. But that's the absolute truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, yeah. oh, uh, just so I mentioned on the podcast uh, a couple of times that my wife is obsessed with reading. She reads all the time. She's just finished yeah. um, a Crescent City book, the newest one that's come out. And oh, uh, she, yeah. I mean, my wife reads. A, 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 she, like I, I think I said, I lowballed the number one time I said she's read nine she's 
nine books in a month is what I said. She's actually read twenty Whoa. books. In a, she's read twenty books in a month, and uh, like it's insane. I oh thought nine my was. Oh that's amazing. Uh, but she's <gasps> she's trying to look for people who have read the New Crescent City book. So I thought I would try oh. and find some for her because whatever happens Sorry. is blowing her mind. So. If you or any of the listeners out there know anyone okay, who's read the, the Crescent City Cres- series, um, it's the oh, it's Crescent. I'm adding this to my notes. I've totally forgotten the author. It's so- I need to get off my phone and stop watching so many TikToks because that's where all my time just gets eaten up into. And that's the absolute truth. Like my phone screen chains me with the amount of time, yeah. like every uh, week, and I'm like, but it's, yeah. but it's work. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, Netflix does that to me too. I need to feed my mind. Mm, I know. What are you watching on Netflix before you get into what are you watching? uh, You know, I've gone back and uh, watched uh, Suits again. Uh, (gasps) Yes, that's what I started doing recently. I I freaking love Suits. It's one of my favourite TV shows. Um, I love Uh, Plus, it's so so weird to watch and go, oh, she's a princess now. Oh, right. <laughs> crazy, Meghan Markle is yeah, yeah. who I'm talking about. I love just, suits. Yeah, Aww. it's so good. Yeah. So I'm I'm going through That's that at so the moment. Um, the, having, love it. having the baby, I've just not been able to focus on proper good quality TV. No. So I just put on like... Do you see what I mean? You see what I mean? Six month old. I like, yeah. read a book. I'm like... You can't read, nah. can't watch anything and focus really. on it. No. So I've just... We've had you friends get, on in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had Big Bang Theory on in the background. Be, that's so funny. That's yeah. exactly what we did. We rewatched Friends oh, when we had a baby. Yeah. yeah. Recently, I've, <laughs> I've tried oh. to start watching the Formula One Netflix thing, Drive to Survive, and I've got no interest in Formula One, oh. really. But it's actually quite interesting. Like the yeah. drama that goes around yeah. that industry. Mm-hmm. Didn't know it. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. three seasons ago, so. The winners happened and everything, but I don't know. I don't know who won it, so it's still interesting to me. Oh, awesome! Um, we always like to ask this question for newcomers in the industry. Do you have one piece of advice that you'd give them for success in the wedding industry? For success, okay. Well, advice for failure would be a terrible <laughs> idea. Please. T- <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm losing my mind. Sorry. It's, it's yeah, fine. Definitely success. <laughs> slowly on this podcast, okay. we've just uh, slowly dissolved <laughs> into absolute catastrophe. Uh, okay. So my untipped success would be to keep creating, keep shooting. And yeah, I would, I would say that keep creating and keep shooting because that is what's going to teach you to learn, to work with light. It's going to teach you what you love and it's going to build your confidence with directing couples. So just keep shooting and that would definitely, yeah, I would say that in Perfect. short, yeah, to keep creating, to never stop creating, yeah. I'd say. And then flash, reach out to others in the industry. That would be my second one and to make friends. Sneaky, yeah. squeezing in a second I know, that's so important. No, because I, know, I, I know you didn't, but like I'm, and I learned. I think I learned that so much. As in, you can't be an island in this industry. And I think everybody thinks like, oh yeah, but they are competition. Like, but 
for your sake, like for your sanity, for your peace of mind, nobody's going to understand what you're going through apart from other people yeah. in your industry. And that's so important. And we, you guys, you guys are a duo. So having, having friends with the industry will help you so much and you'll learn so much from others. Maybe I should have chosen yeah. that one. Mm. We'll, we'll no, let you off. You it's perfect. It's perfect. Those are <laughs> Thanks, great guys. pieces of advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. You need your friends. You need your friends. Yeah. Definitely. Great way to wrap up the podcast there. Um, thank you for coming <laughs> online with us several yeah. times. Thank you. Uh, where, where can people find it. you <laughs> online? <laughs> thanks so much for having me first and foremost i've had a really i've really enjoyed our chat actually it's been a laugh i know like all the interruptions but it's been fun, <laughs> it has been fun. Um, so you can find <laughs> you can find me on instagram and youtube um i'm rebecca carpenter photography so i've got videos on my youtube of tips and tricks for posing and directing behind the scenes editing um and instagram's where you can find my work and there's the best place to find me i'm not on twitter i'm not very good with words as we have discovered on this podcast um so i'm not on twitter <laughs> that's where you can find me yeah and do you do have lots where, where can people find them and, and buy them presets presets sorry oh yeah oh yes oh that's right. um you can buy presets on rebecca carpenter education.com that is my kind of shop for education things so um, different courses I've got my presets I've also got a free preset so if you just want a cheeky one just to play around for free I also do that um, oh, cool. secret tip if you download that you get a discount for the main ones that's a little insider tip not many people know that Rebecca um, I already asked you for one I you know. can't have another free tip <laughs> oh no sorry 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 <laughs> I'm kidding sorry. I'm kidding I'm, I'm getting, such I'm an overshare <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've got a shop. <laughs> yes. And buy your tickets for Thrive. And not just saying yes. this, but Photography Farm really did change my life. And I know people yep. say that, but it genuinely did. Mm-hmm. And attending and learning from others will help you grow and kind of it really will broaden your horizons and yeah. you'll learn so much from other people and anything that you're kind of struggling with, somebody else has gone through that and they can tell you that. And each of the speakers are incredible and you will learn so much from them and especially in their shoot sessions as well you can kind of see how they might compose a shoot and how they might direct it and when I went to that with other photographers that was massive and Mm -hmm. kind of seeing how they view things and how you can apply that to your business and then the different talks I'm really excited I I'm buzzing for the talks from these speakers they're going to be amazing and it's the best money you'll spend is mm-hmm. an investment in yourself, your business, your future, most mm-hmm. importantly, because I guarantee you're going to walk away and be like, oh my gosh, did not know that. I'd never thought of it like that. Yeah. And that's how I felt when I first went. And it was a game changer. Yeah. It really yeah. did change everything for me. Massively. I know we're filmmakers, but it's a really good approach to have to be going to photography workshops as well um Mm, being able to see from their point of view is invaluable and it is one of the reasons why we go to photography farm um so i would also recommend if you're a filmmaker also going to photo farm uh, sorry photography farm sorry uh maybe maybe one day we'll work with lisa and call it something like film farm and it'll be a video aspect 
you know <laughs> oh no she's not gonna like that idea anyway people can find us at cinematefilms.co.uk on instagram and facebook at forward slash cinematefilms the 21st 22nd is brighton the 24th the 25th of march is glasgow did I miss March? Saying March the first time? It's March. It's, okay. it's a March. Uh, six incredible speakers, <laughs> shoot sessions so that you can see how your heroes work in action. Lunch and snacks provided, held in a super cool boutique hotel. Uh, two of them, both Brighton and Glasgow. Super cool places. Uh, you get a killer goodie bag as well and the chance to hang out and network with industry peers for two whole days. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Um we hope you liked this episode, and if you did, you can join us at patreon.com forward slash perspective by cinema. For as little as a pound, you can support the podcast, and uh, that's where you get access to all of our Q&As and bonus content that we put out. Uh, so if you liked what you listened to, you can get more of it there. If you have no money to give, that's absolutely fine. You can get this podcast wherever you get podcasts for free, and um, yeah... We consider you our best friends, our listeners. Thank you very much for supporting with your listens. Uh, we'd love if you would leave a review. Um, a good review, though, if you have a bad review, don't bother. Like my mother always said, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> I've now turned into your mother. Uh, however, in the meantime, <laughs> don't just survive, thrive. Ha, ha, ha.